from deep inside your audio device of choice. Ladies and gentlemen, this uh, broadcast, this podcast, this schmattacast is uh, being recorded a few hours before you hear it. Even if you're hearing it live, you're not hearing it. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, so uh, this, barring any new developments in the uh, storm situation in the southeast of the United States, um, we'll, we'll soldier on here. The uh, big news in regard to that, aside from what you're hearing in terms of um, how the the rain and wind is uh, developing in your area. The Federal Emergency Management Agency will be testing a new system that allows the president to send a warning message directly to your cell phone. This was announced, I guess, on Friday, no date on this, by the uh, by FEMA. The wireless emergency alerts will send a test message on September 20th that reads presidential alert. It will be used to warn the public about dangerous weather, as well as missing children and other critical situations, according to FEMA. Apparently, um, they've because of the emergency now, they're, they've moved up the testing date to today. Hello, this is President Trump calling with an emergency notification. Just so you know... This is the fastest emergency notification any president has ever done in maybe the history of emergencies. Obviously, the worst of Hurricane Florence has been passed in terms of wind. So the wind has been passed. There's still rain and flooding. So if you're in a shelter, please stay where you are or somewhere close. You've probably already noticed that these are A-plus shelters. Everybody tells me that. We, we, we tried, as a matter of fact, to supply them with Trump water and Trump steaks. You can't get any better. But supply chain delays have meant we could only send the other water. And no steaks, because why settle for less than the best? Unfortunately, there have been a few deaths, which we aren't even sure were caused by the storm, because, after all, tragically, but it's true, people die every day. So... My suggestion, be prepared, and please don't yourself or your family get panicked by fake death tolls. These are horrible. If we all cooperate with the authorities, and if all the volunteers show up like they said, the Democrats won't have any way to make us look bad. If you're not in a shelter or you need other assistance, and the best assistance, of course, is you get it at the other end of your phone. As soon as I hang up, you get it from your local first responders. We love them. I'll be back with another emergency notification thing in uh, 24 hours. But we're about to start cleanup efforts. People are already praising them. All, they haven't even started yet. And they say how good they are. So I love both Carolinas. And please remember that come election day or any other day. Stay extra safe. Thank you. I guess that was a, a successful test because we heard it. it. It didn't come in on my phone. I don't know where it came. I think it came in on my uh, smart fridge. Anyway, uh, other news you may have missed this week included now for years the best sort of the model for tabloid newspaper headline writing 
which is a you know a form of English usage that um, soon to go out of style. But it's it, for about a hundred years, the terse and somewhat snarky nature of tabloid newspaper headline writing has been something something to behold at the very least. And um, one of the most famous ones, if not the the most famous one in the history of New York tabloid newspaper headlines was from the 1970s, Headless Body Found in Topless Bar. But this week, I think it was um, superseded in tabloid headline writing glory. Uh, I don't know if you saw the story. Paul McCartney, now he's got a new record out, so he's got to say something. Um, But he told a story in an interview about a night when uh, very in the very early days of the Beatles, uh, they were sitting around a room, and according to Paul, John started self-pleasuring, and um, at perhaps John's instigation, everybody else took it up, and uh, Paul said that they would by start yelling things to keep each other aroused, like Marilyn Monroe. And that was just one night. He said, that's about the wildest we ever got. And the story was run in the New York Post. At the top of the page, it said, come together. Okay. Uh, fairly obvious. But the big headline, the two-inch wood, as they used to, Yes, as they say in the tabloid industry, because they, the, t- the letters actually were carved, the old typography days, type, uh, carved out of wood. That said, beat the needles. I, I don't make them up. Hello, welcome to the show. It's been a long time. Now I'm coming back home. I've been away now. Oh, how I've been alone. If your heart breaks, don't wait, turn me away. And if your heart's strong, hold on, I won't delay. Wait, till I come back to your side, we'll forget the tears we cried. I feel as though you ought to know that I've been good, as good as I can be. And if you do... It's been a long time, now I 
coming back home. I've been away now. Oh, how I've been alone. Well, if you stop to think about it, that was before they invented groupies. From London, England, I'm Harry Shearer welcoming you to this edition of the show. You know, the United States, we don't apologize and we don't admit that we tortured. Only two ways in which we're not like the French. Ah, the French. Which brings up news from outside the bubble. France has admitted responsibility for the torture and killing of a communist activist in Algeria over 60 years ago. That's when the Beatles... No. Um, Marthe Maurice Audin was working as a mathematician at the University of Algiers when he was arrested in 1957. In a rare admission this week, French President Emmanuel Macron said Audin had either been tortured to death or tortured and executed during French colonial rule, which ended when Algeria gained independence after a bloody seven-year war. Audin was one of the few Europeans in the country to support Algerian calls for independence when he disappeared during the Battle of Algiers. Not the movie. The battle. He was married with three children. Macron will pay a formal visit to Audin's widow, as well as to open the archives on the subject of disappeared civilians and soldiers, both French and Algerian. In a visit to Algeria in February last year, while still a presidential candidate, Macron described colonialism as a, quote, crime against humanity, unquote. Later the same year, however, he ruled out reparations for any crimes committed under colonial rule. Apology is enough, really, don't you think? I mean, you can't get blood out of it. Cheese board. News from outside the bubble, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now news of Dominion. We got it. A certain book gave it to us. We're not going to uh, let go of it. Not. You'll have to pry it out of our cold, dead species. An analysis of butchered animal bones mm, suggests that humans had somehow venture, ventured to uh, Madagascar by at least 10,000 years ago. That's 6,000 years earlier than we believed according to previous evidence. We who believed anything about when humans... This means humans likely played a key role in the extinction of the island's large animals. Humans lived on Madagascar during the early Holocene. That's going to be... All the Fox movies are going to come out in Holocene. No, that's a different thing. This is new research published in Science Advances. The evidence for this claim comes in the form of butchery and cut marks found on the bones of a single elephant bird... Elephant bird, ladies and gentlemen. Ipiornis maximus. I did as well as I could. That specimen of the Ipiornis maximus. The remains of the now extinct flightless bird, which resembled an ostrich. But we got an ostrich, so how many flightless birds do you need? The hmm, found at the Christmas River site. (laughs) Merry Christmas, birds, in uh, southern Madagascar. Back during the Holocene, this area was a wetland featuring such animals as giant lemurs, hippos, giant tortoises, crocodiles, and the new study suggests humans. But not giant humans. That would be silly. 
Madagascar is the world's fourth largest island. There's a bar bet you can win right now. Today, it's home to a diverse but relatively tiny array of animals. During the Holocene, Madagascar was home to megafauna. These creatures are now extinct. Scientists have suspected that climate change had something to do with their demise. Prior to the new work, the oldest evidence of human activity on the island was uh, 4,000-year-old tools. The discovery of butchered elephant bird bones, butchered elephant bird bones, I said, directly dated to 10,000 years ago, now places humans in Madagascar five or 6,000 years earlier than previously thought, which suggests humans may very well have played an active role in the extinction of Madagascar's megafauna. Because we've got dominion. It was given to us. We're not giving it back. Now. Hey, you know who is thinking, at least putatively, about running for president? I know. Everybody. Everybody and their uh, demented sister. Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He said he could beat President Trump in 2020. Then he walked it back. I should not have said it. I'm not running for president. Proves I wouldn't make a good politician. I get frustrated because I want all sides to come together to help solve big problems. Earlier the same day, he said he could take on the president and win. I think I could beat Trump, he said at an event. I can't beat the liberal side of the Democratic Party. But as far as Trump is concerned, I'm tough as he is. I'm smarter than he is. I would be fine. He could punch me all he wants. It wouldn't work with me. I'd fight right back. He said he used to believe a wealthy New Yorker couldn't be elected president, but ended up being dead wrong. And by the way, he said, speaking of himself, this wealthy New Yorker actually earned his money. It wasn't a gift from daddy, unquote. No, it was a gift from the American people because you weren't running from jail, dude. Excuse me for calling you dude. Dude, sir. News of bad banks, ladies and gentlemen. What else we got going here? I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Microplastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. Enough said. Maybe not enough said. New evidence shows young turtles off Australia's Queensland coast are more at risk than their elders of swallowing plastic waste. Kids, listen to your elders. Don't swallow the plastic. Fresh autopsies on 246 sea turtles that washed up dead on beaches across Queensland showed that 58 had ingested between 1 and 329 fragments of plastic, which might have contributed to their deaths. Otherwise, it just contributed to a kind of a weird lifestyle. The rest died of other causes, such as boat collisions, but of the 58 plastic consumers, only four were full or near adults. Near adults. Most were juveniles. The very young post-hatchlings seemed particularly at risk of the 246 dead sea turtles. 24 of them were post-hatchlings. 13 of them had eaten plastic. One explanation is that young turtles swim nearer the surface, where plastic floats, and drift with plastic-rich prevailing currents. It may be they're less selective than adults. Yeah, you think? And encounter higher concentrations of debris. 
says uh, the head of the survey. Plas- uh, plastics, particularly balloons, can resemble jellyfish and squid, as well as crustaceans and sponges, she says. The team worked out how the risk of a turtle's death escalated as plastic load in its gut increased. Turtles can live 80 years or more, but if they eat something that blocks their intestines, even a single piece of plastic, it can be deadly, says researchers. Even swallowing just one, oh, there's one right there. Even swallowing just one piece of plastic raised the risk of death by 22%, killing through gut blockage or perforation. The researcher hopes the results will discourage careless disposal of waste. Think of it. What would we tell the turtles? Adding plastics have been found in hundreds of marine species, including fish eaten by humans. This is from scientific reports. Each time an item of clothing is washed up to 700,000 microscopic fibers make their way into the oceans, where they're swallowed by sea life, like your turtles, and become incorporated into the food chain, potentially ending up on our plates. I blame the plates. This is according to a new report by the Institution of Mechanical Engineers. The report highlights that garment aftercare affects an item's carbon footprint. It advocates for individuals to wash their clothes at a lower temperature, use mesh laundry bags to catch threads. Hey, catch those threads on that dude. And rely on tumble dryers less often or install filters on washing machine waste pipes. They got waste pipes? Engineering out fashion waste also highlights the extent to which fashion is a thirsty industry. Designers, don't be so thirsty one which contributes significantly to water pollution globally. It also is energy-intensive. Designers use less energy, producing 1.2 billion tons of CO2 equivalent in 2015, more than international flights and maritime shipping combined. The institution calls for greater action to tackle the waste produced over the life cycle of an item of clothing. This includes addressing water-intensive processes such as removing excess dyes during manufacturing, and tackling the problem of disposing a garment at the end of its life. End-of-life disposal. We don't like to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. Three-fifths of all clothing is sent to landfill or incinerated within a year of being made. Designers, it's so ephemeral. I'm disturbed about the ephemerality of it. It's just one word, ladies and gentlemen, microplastics. Okay, let's get to the apologies. What do you say? We're so sorry. Keep your hands where we can see them. An Archdiocese of Cincinnati spokesman, speaking of which, has apologized for very unfortunate language he used to explain the local church's decision to not release the names of dead priests accused of sexual abuse for the first time. There, were, uh, there was a report revealing child sex abuse allegations against seven dead unnamed priests over fiscal year 2018. Spokesman Mike Schaefer said the deceased clergy could not defend themselves against the allegations. It would not be publicly identified because, publicly identified because the Cincinnati Archdiocese would not, quote, go trash the person's reputation in the community with something that can't be proven, unquote. The comments were criticized by local abuse survivors. Schaefer now apologizes. In explaining the Archdiocese of Cincinnati's approach, 
I used very unfortunate language by saying in part that we would not trash the reputation of a person who has no ballot, no ability to defend himself. I deeply regret this word choice because it, it could be read as discounting the ongoing pain experienced by people who have suffered reprehensible violations of their human dignity. Nothing can be further from my intention, he said. The Archdiocese is committed to the protection of any person, child or adult. I apologize to anyone whom I inadvertently offended with my words, Schaefer said. An inadv apology. Comedian Norm MacDonald's controversial comments about the Me Too movement have cost him an appearance on The Tonight Show. MacDonald was set to appear on Tuesday, but the plug was pulled after he told The Hollywood Reporter he was happy the Me Too movement has slowed down a bit. A Tonight Show spokesperson said it decided to cancel McDonald's appearance in light of his comments in the press and, quote, out of sensitivity to our audience, unquote. In further pursuit of that uh, sensitivity, they decided to get a funny host. Oh, what the hell? McDonald sparked further criticism when he defended comedian Louis C.K., who has admitted sexual misconduct, and actress Roseanne Barr. You remember she was fired from her namesake TV series after a racist tweet. Quote, there are very few people that have gone through what they have, losing everything in a day, McDonald said. Of course, people will go, what about the victims? But you know what? The victims didn't have to go through that. McDonald later apologized via Twitter. Roseanne and Louie have both been very good friends of mine for many years. They both made terrible mistakes. I would never defend their actions if my words sounded like I was minimizing the pain that their victims feel to this day. I am deeply sorry. Norm has a new TV show debuting on Netflix this weekend, and I think he was going on The Tonight Show to promote it. A teacher at Slidell High School across the lake from New Orleans is no longer employed after making a racially inflammatory Facebook post last week regarding Nike's new ad campaign featuring Colin Kaepernick. Valerie Skogan, who taught math at the school since 2008, wrote the message in the comment stream of a graduate of the school's post two days after Nike unveiled its Dream Crazy campaign. In the post, she starts by writing, they don't have to live in that country. They could go back, but it was their own people selling them into slavery to begin with and treating them even worse in those countries of origin. What not to be stereotyped? Tell people of that color to quit acting like animals and perpetuating the stereotypes. Many are average people. The few ruin it, unquote. School district has launched a full investigation into the incident. The teacher involved was allowed due process. The employee in question is no longer an employee of our school system, the statement read. Not clear whether she resigned or was resigned. This incident does not reflect our district's values, mission, and vision. The teacher later posted an apology on Facebook saying the original comment may have been hurtful and saying she was reacting to another Facebook post out of frustration. Oh, well, there you go. I made some remarks that were against my better judgment and sensibilities. I now wish I hadn't. I apologize for what I said and sincerely wish to avoid this in the future. Another week, another predator-related apology. Boyd Holbrook has joined Sterling K. Brown in apologizing to their co-star Olivia Munn. These are all members of the cast of this big movie that's just come out. Munn spoke to The Hollywood Reporter about how, to, how she didn't feel supported by the rest of the cast after criticizing the film's director, Shane Black, for casting his friend, Stephen Wilder Striegel, in the movie, despite the fact that the actor is a registered sex offender. It's not an easy thing to be the one to speak up. There are people who get mad at you for not helping them bury it, Munn said during the interview at the Toronto Film Festival, where the movie had its world premiere. 
Holbrook posted a lengthy response on Instagram Monday apologizing for not speaking on the situation earlier and for canceling press opportunities, leaving Munn alone. I want to start by apologizing for this statement coming late in the current conversation, said Holbrook. I do not take any of what has gone on lightly, and I want to speak from the most honest and genuine place possible. So I'm going to be appearing as Mark Twain. No, he didn't say that. I've stated before, and I will state it again, I'm proud of Olivia for the way she's handled a difficult and alarming situation. It's true that I pulled out of a small amount of press, as this type of social commentary is new to me, and given the nature of the originating crime, I felt further discussion could cause unwanted trauma and pain. I now realize that my understanding of the situation was not the full picture, and the last thing I want is for Olivia to ever feel abandoned or alone. We are in the midst of a very crucial and important time. I guess he means the film's premiere. No, I think he means socially. Last week, Munn revealed she was initially aware of Striegel's background. She went on to learn that in 2010, he had pled guilty to attempting to lure a 14-year-old female into a sexual relationship via the Internet. The actress said she thought it was both surprising and unsettling that Shane, Blank did, Shane Black did not share this information to the cast. The uh, actor who was a registered sex offender, played a, in the scene he was in in the film, he played a jogger who made repeated sexual advances on the character played by Munn. That might explain her upset. And Shane Black himself, the director of the film in question, which according to critics is in question, apologized once again, second week in a row. I made an error in judgment that is irresponsible. I was the captain of that ship. It's my job to make sure those things don't happen. And I failed. I guess he is the member of the uh, captain of the ship's Guild of America. I take full responsibility. I'm very deeply sorry. I think about this a lot. I hope I learn from this because it really bothers me that this movie has been overshadowed in some ways by a stupid decision that I made. I'm very sorry to do anybody. Hello, anybody. Deadline Buffalo, New York, the bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, says he's sorry for any of his own failures, but says he'll remain as leader of the diocese until his retirement. So much for the failures. Bishop Richard Malone has faced renewed calls for his resignation over his handling of sexual abuse allegations by priests. He released a letter reiterating his apologies and says, Criticism of church leadership is justified. The Attorney General of New York has issued a subpoena to all dioceses in the state and announced a civil investigation into the church's handling of sex abuse allegations. Bishop says he intends to retire in 2021, by which time that'll all be cleaned up. World Sailing has issued an apology and expressed its disappointment after the opening ceremony for the upcoming 2020 Tokyo Test event was held at a dolphin aquarium and featured a show where the uh, aquatic animals danced for the pleasure of humans. In a statement sent to InsideTheGames.com, the sport's worldwide governing body, World Sailing, said it had not approved the display and no permission had been sought by the organizing committee for the competition. A photo shared on social media appeared to show the Dolphins performing in an enclosed area to the watching crowd. The uh, British sailor Luke Patience said he was embarrassed with what I'm witnessing and later expressed his hope that sailing could show more morality than this. The performance has been criticized by World Sailing, which said it would remind local organizers of the sport's commitment to mitigating the impact sailing can have on marine life. The news conference this week, Westar officials 
apologized for how they handed uh, how they handled notifying residents in a North Wichita, Kansas neighborhood about construction of a new transmission pole or poles that are wider and taller than the ones they're replacing. We apologize that we didn't communicate as good as we should, said Don Sherman, Westar's vice president of grammar and syntax. No, of uh, community organization, community relations and strategic partnerships. We thought we did, but we didn't. At a conference of the Association of LGBTQ Journalists, a meteorologist based in Columbus, Ohio, referred to the attendees as things and its. Marshall McPeak reportedly started out by saying, well, he starts out well, ladies and gentlemen. See? Actually, what he said is, ladies and gentlemen, things and its. The comments angered some in the audience. Really? Some weren't, and McPeak later apologized to those in attendance. During the closing reception, Marshall McPeak, a volunteer MC, this was the uh, Association of LGBTQ Journalists, in a statement, Mar- uh, a volunteer MC made an inappropriate, unscripted remark that does not reflect our values. He returned to the stage and apologized. He's also voluntarily resigned his membership of the organization. Guess no money changed hands either side. We've worked hard for many years to make L- NLGJA an inclusive organization. People were understandably hurt and offended by last night's remarks. As journalists, we understand uniquely that words matter. We apologize and are committed to working to make L- NLGJA more inclusive and diverse. McPeak is the chief meteorologist at WSYX and WTTE in Columbus. Why, it's a du- duopoly. Tony D'Angelo. The general manager said in a statement that the comments were offensive. Marshall's comments in no way reflect the values of Sinclair Broadcast Group, he said in a statement, emailed to NBC. We're an inclusive workplace that prides itself on all employees feeling comfortable and welcome. Sinclair has supported the important work of NLGJA and its member journalists, and we were saddened by his comments. The uh, physician-in-chief and chief medical officer of Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, Jose Basega, has apologized to his executive team for failing to make appropriate disclosures in scientific and medical journals and at professional meetings. This is on the heels of a report by the New York Times and ProPublica, which details his failure to report millions of dollars in consulting fees and ownership interests in healthcare companies. Memorial Sloan Kettering officials declined to comment. On the matter, the findings in his papers aren't being challenged. It appears that while disclosures weren't made in journals, cancer center officials were, in fact, informed about his competing interests. Deadline Milwaukee former Wisconsin Governor Tommy Thompson is apologizing. He was the governor from 1987 to 2001. He says he regrets his role in building prisons while in office. He didn't have long enough to think about it. His solution turned some prisons into vocational schools to train inmates for jobs and an early release from incarceration. Thompson is promoting a new memoir. Well, there's reason enough to buy his book. We lock up too many people for too long, and it's about time we change the dynamics, and I apologize for that. He said he was so passionate about the issue, he would give up his successful business career if he could make the policy changes. Sounds like he's sure he can't. Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown has taken issue with members of the media in recent weeks. On Friday, he threatened the undefeated Jesse Washington over a recent story 
Brown threatened to physically harm Washington in a now-deleted tweet. Wait till I see you, bro. We gon' see what your jaw like. Then, following Wednesday, Brown issued an apology. I made a mistake in judgment with my tweet last week, and I apologize for that. It is not okay to threaten anyone, and I need to be better spiritually and professionally. Though I do not agree with the negative parts of the story about my personal life, I need to have better control over my actions to use social media as a way to engage with my fans rather than use it improperly. Do you think the same person wrote the tweet and the apology? Just asking. Deadline San Mateo Build the Bear CEO Sharon Price John apologized for a sales promotion that overwhelmed several Bay Area malls earlier this summer. They still have malls? Interesting. Build the Bear workshops created a frenzy in July when it had a special pay your age event. More people flocked to the stores for the one-time stunt than expected, creating massively long lines and a media frenzy. Customizable stuffed animals usually retail for $25 or more. During the promotion, anyone who brought a child would only have to pay as much as the child's age. We did not expect crowds of that magnitude, said the CEO. Well, when you cut the price by 90%, you don't think it's good planning. I think you have good planners over there at Build-A-Bear. A French private art college has apologized after one of its promotional images was doctored to include more black students... The photo of a class trip to an art gallery was posted on a U.S. promotional website for Lyon's Emile Cole Art School. Students noted it was altered to darken the skin of white students with black students digitally inserted. No, they don't, they don't mean what you're... The school has apologized and blamed the doctored image on a U.S. PR company. Wizards of Waverly Place star David Henry has apologized following his arrest for possession of a loaded handgun at L.A. airport. Henry took to Twitter later in the day to post his account of the incident, writing that he was, quote, humiliated and embarrassed by the, the arrest. I take responsibility for the situation at LAX today. He wrote, I unintentionally brought my legally owned gun, which is registered in my name, to the airport. I am so sorry for any trouble it caused. I'm appreciative of TSA's effort in implementing the safety laws that are in place to protect our beautiful country. Just don't touch my junk. A Boston company has apologized for inviting a speaker to a local event after audience members found his remarks about his wife to be sexist and offensive. David Cancel or Cancel. Either way, the CEO of the software company Drift. <laughs> we help you drift. Said they did not properly vet the guest before booking him to attend their marketing and sales event. In Boston last week, I failed in choosing the speakers I allowed into our community. I apologize to those of you who joined us, to our team, and to the larger community for my failure, he said in a post published on Medium. The speaker in question was the entrepreneur Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, who was invited to attend Drift's annual event, Hypergrowth. You might want to apologize for that. You know, to the planet. During his talk on marketing and sales success, Cardone turned the attention from his work to his wife, Elena Cardone. Elena Cardone in the audience. He started talking about how he pursued his wife. He said, that's probably going to get me sex tonight, explained one attendant at the event. He did not stop there. Then he's like, have you ever had sex five miles above the ground in an airplane? It's amazing. Like he said that out loud to a conference full of thousands of people that paid to be there, said another attendant. One reaction on Twitter, chauvinistic. And a major setback. Let me clearly say that the comments made by Grant Cardone about Elena Cardone, who was in the audience, were disgusting, reprehensible, a violation of our values at Drift and my own 
personal values, wrote Cancel. Or Cancel. After his uh, October 12th concert in Puerto Rico got canceled, Anuel A.A., or A.A., he's a rapper, is asking for forgiveness. In a five-minute clip posted to YouTube, he apologizes for a song released last Tuesday evening that was directed at a Puerto Rican singer and his recent rival, using homophobic lyrics and directly insulting a famous female model that has HIV. Well, you've hit, you've, you've touched them all. The concert's producer proceeded to cancel the concert right after the song was leaked. I recorded that song directly from my mind, and I took it away, says Anuel. I agreed with my manager not to take it out and someone filter it. It is the worst mistake of my career. I do not need this, and I apologize to all the people I offended. To homosexuals, to people with AIDS, to the model, and to those who lost everything after Hurricane Maria, my fans deserve better for me to be a better person, and I apologize to everyone in Puerto Rico. And again, that's not Donald Trump. That's Anuel A.A. or A.A. I don't know whether whether there's a meaning to that name or he just wanted to be up front in the hip-hop phone book. Kids, ask your parents what a phone book is. Was Dateline Detroit Tesla is having trouble informing customers about deliveries of the Model 3 electric car. In a Twitter response to a buyer this week, CEO Elon Musk wrote that customers may experience longer response times because of a large increase in vehicle deliveries in North America. Resolving the issue, he says, is Tesla's top priority. Earlier in the day, the customer tweeted to Musk he couldn't get a vehicle identification number from his sales advisor, even though he's scheduled to pick up his car on Monday. You need uh, vehicle identification numbers for loan paperwork to be approved. The customer wrote that his experience with Tesla has been a nightmare and that his advisor isn't responding to emails. Musk apologized and wrote that he's working on the issue. Tesla spokesman did not immediately comment. So no response. Apology. No response. The Tesla way. Selfridge's department store has defended a display of Balenciaga track sneakers at its store in London. Has issued an apology to those who accused the store of disrespecting the homeless. Features a window display with mannequins posed in slumped positions, standing, sitting, or lying down. Part of a display created by an American artist... Balenciaga had tapped to showcase its latest footwear. Yeah, Balenciaga is making Balenciaga is making footwear. And Robert Johnson, founder of Black Entertainment Television and Bethesda, Maryland-based RLJ Companies, has received a public apology from a luxury Florida hotel after he claimed to have been racially profiled during check-in there. Well, look at all the apologies. It's an apolopalooza. The apologies of the week, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Três 
London, this is Le Show. I don't think they have any bees in London. They got birds. Let me tell you about the bees. Yeah! Yeah! Agricultural pesticides can be making the lives of worker bees even more difficult than they already are. You know about worker bees. They, um, if they're lucky, if they get lucky, they mate with the queen and then immediately die. No remorse, no, not even a cigarette afterwards. Now, a study in the journal Proceedings of the Royal Society B, as in letter B, a bit, a bit ago, showed that neonicotinoids, the world's most common class of agricultural pesticides, may act as a B contraceptive. Drones exposed to, drones are workers, exposed to field realistic concentrations of neonicotinoids produced 39% less living sperm and more often delivered dead sperm to virgin queens. Now, Bayer, or Bayer, the top producer of neonicotinoids, which has earlier maintained the pesticides pose no threat to honeybees when applied properly, uh, they funded a new study, along with another leading pesticide manufacturer, and the study concluded that neonicotinoids do appear to have, quote, negative effects on the interannual reproductive potential of both wild and managed bees. Now, bees got managers. Jeez. Do they have agents, too? That would be that. Now, that makes a, a worker's life rough. The authors of the study 
Published in Science, determined that exposure to these chemicals reduces overwintering success and colony reproduction in both honeybees and wild bees, confirming that neonicotinoids negatively affect pollinator health under realistic agricultural conditions. So, I blame realism. I'm sorry. It's just it's the way I am. The bees, ladies and gentlemen, not, not the bulls, not the bears, the bees. And... I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on this program talking about the ups and downs of electoral politics in various races around the country, the horse race thing. I know there's not enough of that on, on radio and television, but I still don't do it. But it, one race has come to my attention, at least this week. Um, it's supposedly a very close race in what should be a reliably red state, that is Texas, Texas. Um, the race for the Senate seat uh, currently occupied by Senator Ted Cruz, who once opposed Donald Trump and called him every name of the book and is now relying on Donald Trump to come down and and help him win his seat back. Uh, His whole seat, actually. And the uh, opponent is a young, youngish guy of the liberal democratic mold, uh, that is to say more liberal than the Democratic Party establishment, Beto O'Rourke. And there seems to be some concern in the Cruz camp. Not only is he asking for help from Donald Trump, you know, um, but Cruz's own rhetoric is getting fevered, more fevered than usual, as he complains about I think he's thinking, uh, complaining about California. We are seeing tens of millions of dollars flooding into the state of Texas from liberals all over the country who desperately want to turn the state of Texas blue. They want us to be just like California. Right down to tofu and silicon and dyed hair. Silicon, you can put it in your chips, you can put it in your chest. When you come to Texas, man, you cross the redneck Rubicon. We're the folks who put the South and Southwest. From the Brazos to the Pecos, we grow soybeans by the ton. But you know damn well that doesn't mean. We're gonna start in chowing down on tofu in a bun. As for me, I'll just eat the bean. And Texas gals are beauties, a marvel to behold. All you have to do is ask us Texas guys. So we don't want our Lone Star cuties as natural as gold. All I 
instead of tofu. Wear 11 gallon hats so you never even get to see their hair. No hair. From Dallas down to Waco, from Katy to Colleen, the great big heart of Texas is beating loud. With a tax rate near to zero, and every dad a hero, and music that would make a death man proud. So thanks all the same to Frisco, but we'll keep on spreading Crisco. And the hipster beard we like belongs to Lincoln. We like us just the way we are, a bigger house, a bigger car. Our beer needs is a PhD in drinking, drinking, you know, tofu and silicon and dyed, dyed hair. It doesn't have what we like to call that Dallas County flair. You know you can spin till Tuesday, but we will not be spun. No tofu, no silicon, no dyed, dyed hair. from the land of 15,000 princes. Our freedom-loving friends in Saudi Arabia. Uh, an Egyptian man in Saudi Arabia has been arrested after a video of him having breakfast with a woman went viral on Twitter. In the video, a man with an Egyptian dialect eats breakfast besides a woman wearing a full face veil, who many assume to be Saudi. This is against the law in Saudi Arabia where in workplaces or eateries like McDonald's and Starbucks, families and single men have to sit in different areas, and women must sit, sit separately from single men in these places. They're not allowed to carry out most activities without being accompanied by their male guardians, usually a father or husband, possibly a brother or son. The man was arrested by the Saudi Ministry of Labor and Social Development, who accused him of committing several violations and taking up a post exclusively reserved for Saudis. The man and woman briefly joke about eating their breakfast together with nobody else invited. The point which caused the most consternation comes at the end of the video when the woman appears to feed the man. Many Saudis on social media were highly critical of both the man and the woman, with the majority of people wondering why the man was punished instead of the woman. I need to understand why men are constantly punished and not women, said a Twitter user named Malik. I'm a Saudi woman, and I swear I want them to punish her with him. Laughter? Eating at the workplace? Where are your limits? Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says he has told Congress the governments of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are doing enough to protect civilians amid their military operations to end, this, to end the civil war in Yemen, that is to say by bombing it. Pompeo said in a statement this week he certified to Congress that the Saudi and Emirati governments are undertaking demonstrable actions to reduce the risk of harm to civilians and civilian infrastructure. Like the uh, school bus filled with 40, I think, 40 children that we bombed. I mean, sorry, the Saudis bombed with our bombs or our planes or both. 
Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, now rumored to be on the, on the way out the door. Hey, another good book coming up. Said last month the U.S. continued to back the Saudi-led coalition fighting Houthi rebels in Yemen despite civilian casualties. Civilian what? The what now? The, with the what there? Spain will go ahead with the sale of 400 laser-guided bombs to Saudi Arabia, the foreign minister Josep Borrell said this week, after the deal was halted, la- halted last week, you may recall, amid concerns over the Saudi role in the war in Yemen. The decision is that these bombs will be delivered to honor a contract that comes from 2015 and was made by the previous government, he said. Human rights groups have denounced Western arms sales to Saudi Arabia and its allies. Several government ministries had worked on the issue for a week, and the contract was reviewed three times by a commission that authorizes arms sales. Said Borrell, we found no reason not to carry it out. Asked whether Spain had received any guarantees the weapons would be not used against the civilian population, he said the laser-guided bombs hit their targets with extraordinary precision, within one meter. Here comes surgery again. It's surgical war. The halting of the deal had created concerns in Spain over the future of a more lucrative contract signed in July for a state-owned shipbuilder to supply warships to Saudi Arabia. Yes, pesos talk, too. And moving over to Germany for some news of the godly, more than 3,600 children in Germany were assaulted by Roman Catholic priests between 1946 and 2014. That's revealed by a leaked report commissioned by the church itself, due to be published later this month. Some 1,670 clergymen in Germany committed some form of sex attack on 3,677 minors, according to the German online newspaper Spiegel, Der Spiegel Online. A church spokesman said it, it, the church, was dismayed and ashamed by the findings. The church was ashamed. You can, the report is the latest in a long series of revelations that have uncovered decades of sex abuse by Roman Catholic priests around the world. According to the new study, only 38% of the alleged perpetrators were prosecuted, or prosecutors were perpetrated, with the most facing only minor disciplinary procedures. About one in six cases involved rape. Most of the victims were boys. More than half were 13 or under. Usually, or very often, predatory clerics were, say with me now, moved to new communities where no warning was issued about their actions. The study was compiled by three German universities using 38,000 documents from 27 German dioceses. Its authors said the true extent of the abuse may be even greater, as some records were, quote, destroyed or manipulated. We know the extent of sexual abuse that has been demonstrated by the study. We're dismayed and ashamed by it, said Bishop Stephen Ackerman a spokesman for the Bishop's Conference, which commissioned the report. He said the aim of the study was to shed light on this dark side of the church. I think because of the way the earth orbits, you can never see the dark side of the church. That's, I, I recall that from school. News of the Godly, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
Remember Waste Beach, uh, as I call it? It's the nuclear waste dump right by the Pacific Ocean where they're um, storing some canisters of radioactive waste from the now-closed San Onofre nuclear power plant. Well, a team of three inspectors from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission this week began a five-day review of how a 45-ton canister loaded with spent nuclear fuel ended up getting suspended 18 feet from the floor of the storage cavity at San Onofre last month. We welcome the inspection, says the uh, chief nuclear operator of the plant, Southern California Edison. I'm sure. Like I'm welcoming the flu. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of Le Show. It, it returns when you return to listen to it. There'll be another one next week, and you can hear it on your audio device of choice at a time of your choosing. It still is a free country, isn't it? And it'll be just like it's still a free country if you'd agree to join me then. Would you already? Thank you very much. Uh-huh. And, and it's a, a free country in London, too. It, it's even a free country in France where I'll be going this week. Ah, the French. Yes, the French indeed. The email address for this broadcast... Playlist of the music heard here on your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts all at harryshearer.com. I'm on the Twitter thing at the Harry Shearer. Oh, thanks. The typical show chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from London Town. <laughs>